Community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds podcast. I'm Lechdog, and I'm joined by the best in the business, Patch and Damo. Patch, how are you? I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm excited heading into a big round two of the Marsh series. Uh, Damo, how's it treating you over there in the West? It's going well. It's going well. We started our account uh, of Justin Longmuir's coaching reign very well. Hopefully, it continues in the real thing. Let's hope so for those seven Frio supporters out there. Guys, I just want to shout out Telebeats first of all, the fantastic Telebeats playing the music that you already heard today. And shout out to jockreynolds.com.au, our website, uh, where all of the Marsh Series games had an individual write-up. Patch, Baron Von Crow, Clarky, Foz, Daddy, Kev and Staddy Maddie all stepping up to the plate to cover those games. So head over to jockreynolds.com.au, sitting at the top, you'll also see a post with all of the Supercoach 2020 tools in one place. It's our Show Us Your Team thread, the Trade Planner, the Team Picker, the Staddy Matty database, the Beast Calculator, a bunch of write-ups. It's just a bloody fantastic little collection of Supercoach wisdom, so head there to get the good stuff. Guys, let's get straight into it. Round one of the Marsh series is over. Have you changed your team as a result? Damo, I'm going to go to you first. Have you changed your team, and how has it changed? Uh, my team has changed since the beginning of the Marsh series, but my team wasn't settled before the Marsh series, so uh, I'm just going to sum it up in a few words and just say my forward line is an absolute mess. Oh, it's terrifying. It's What are you doing? For everyone at home, just read out your forward line of what, how it stands at the moment, at this point in time. I can guarantee it's not how it's going to be when I'm entering round one, but it is currently... I hope not. <laughs> it Lord. is currently Dustin Martin at F1, Andrew Brayshaw at F2, Stephen Hill at F3, Tom Sparrow, Billy Frampton, and Jared Brander as the other on-field rookies, F4 to 6, and then Darcy Cameron and Connor Butterick on the bench. Uh, like, Doug, what, were your, what was your initial reaction upon hearing that forward line? Mm, I think Billy Frampton at F5 is uh, interesting, given you've got Tom Sparrow and uh, Stephen Hill at F3 and F4. Um, don't love it, Damo. Scares the shit out of me. To be honest, I don't love it either, but I'm not sure where I'm going to get the extra cash from yet. Is that the... I'm just looking at it. It frightens the living shit. I'm like, I'm going to have nightmares over this. Just Dustin Martin down to Spud Shaw, and then Stephen Hill, Sparrow, Frampton, Brandon. That's insanity. Has anyone else in your team changed positions, uh, Damo? Um, I previously had uh, uh, Sam Doherty. Uh, in my team, and another, and Hunter Clark at D4, but I have churned them into Luke Ryan and Dylan Robertson instead. 
Any reason for getting rid of Hunter Clark in particular? Um, I need to see him with Dylan Robertson in the in the team, but I just feel like Luke Ryan and Dylan Robertson is a safer combination, to be honest. That's fair enough, and I understand getting rid of Doherty. He was a pretty, pretty rusty on the weekend, but he did take in the most, take the most kick-ins for the Blues. I'm still backing him in to be a solid selection at this point. Um, Patcheru, sorry, just before we move on from Doherty, because we'll, we'll sort of jump back into some of the games earlier, but I just wanted to sort of unpack it because I'm kind of on the fence with Doherty. Is is that like he hasn't played in two years? You know, it was always going to be rusty in that game. One, will that rust be sort of shaken off before round one? And, you know, will, will he then jump in and, and hit the ground running? Two, what will he average? Three, will he just drop away at the back of the year? Because obviously hasn't played a full season of footy in a long time. There's a lot of fitness involved in that. You can't really get through the whole season. Are you planning to keep him as a D6 by the end of the year? Are you planning to sort of move him on at some stage? Just with, with Doherty, I just... I don't really want to pick him. I'm just worried by the, the lack of fitness. What what do you see out of the Dockmeister? Yeah, look, he's he's a risk for sure, but I don't think his fitness is going to be the thing that's questioned. Like he he's had a full preseason. He's or a relatively full preseason. Most of it was protective of that knee um, in terms of what Jules was participating in. But I don't think his fitness is the thing that's going to be questioned. I think if he can get back to the skill level he was at, if he can shake off that rust, because on the weekend he had 19 touches, 14 kicks, turned a hell of a lot of them over, but he still had seven marks, um, a couple of tackles, and then, you know, he punched on with a dude. That was pretty cool from your captain. Um, just the 69 super coach points. But, like, normal Sam Doherty hits a lot of those targets. Instead of, uh, I, I don't have in front of me what his percentage was, uh, 57%. That's going to... That's going to jump up to 75-plus, I think. He's he's an elite user of the footy when he's healthy. I think I think uh, I expect him to average, I don't know, 90-plus, like maybe 100-plus, but let's say conservatively 90-plus. Is that enough for you? Because at 430K, 90-plus, I think that still gets you into the sort of top 10 defenders. Yeah, it would, but yeah, again, I'm still... Yeah, I need to see him in another hit out, see if he does improve that, and then I'll, I'll sort of look at it. Um, but yeah, it also depends on how many rookies we get back there and, and how much cash we can splash. Uh, Patchy, has your team changed at all? Um, yeah, bits and pieces. Um, again, like Damo, the forward line sort of all over the place, um, and I, it doesn't know what it's doing. I don't know what it's doing. Um, but I'm, I'm still reasonably set with it. I've sort of moved... Uh, a Lockie Whitfield into a Tim Kelly in the midfield. That might change and go back. I currently have Darcy McPherson at F1, which I'm sure will please you greatly, but I doubt he'll stay at F1. And that at makes this stage. me very happy. Um, I'm, I really want to... I need to see Petrarca again is the, the main thing I need to see. Um, if he plays 85% midfield again from his time on ground, I'll probably select him i haven't been burned by him before so hey why not start now but 
Yeah, it hasn't had a hasn't had a massive change or massive restructure at this stage. But yours has. What's happened to your ruck line, like dog? <laughs> yeah, so uh, my pre Marshu's team had Grundy and Riley O'Brien running around in the rucks because I wasn't confident on Gorn's fitness, and uh, I've really lent into that. And Sam Naismith has become my uh, ruck two, which has allowed. So Sorry, S- oh, you... Sam, Sam, Sam Naismith. Oh, you, you wanted to talk on that a bit more, did you? I was just going to. Mm, no, no, no. no. I, I think I think it's kind of a, yeah, an interesting selection. Um, scored seventy nine over the weekend. Had twenty eight hitouts. Will be the number one ruck at Sydney. But but, but Sam Sam Naismith at two hundred and fifty odd k. Supercoach. Why? That's seventy nine. Why, why do you hate yourself like this? That 79 was from 55% game time, so he will be averaging 130 from 100% game time. So, all right, let's say he plays 80% game time conservatively. 110 average, no worries from Sam Naismith. It's pretty simple mathematics. I mean, check, sure, checks out. Um, uh, I just want to you... shout out, sorry, uh, I wasn't the inventor of the Naismith train. We've had a gentleman messaging us uh, several times throughout the preseason on the Facebook page. You can find it, just search Jock Reynolds on Facebook. Derek has been hitting us up, asking us why the hell we haven't talked about Naismith, and I finally looked into him, and then he came out and he did uh, 79 points from uh, 55% game time, and bang, now we're talking about him. Sam Naismith locked into my R2. Damo, what do you think? So the positives are 79, 55% game time in a game where the Sydney midfield got absolutely obliterated by GWS. So shows he can score well regardless of how the midfield's going. So I don't mind it. I mean, he, I think he has to average 100 up until the buyers um, to, uh, to get to a price where you can upgrade him if you're going to upgrade him. But um, I don't mind it. I, I'm not ballsy enough to do it myself. Yeah. Oh, look, look, I'm probably not ballsy enough to do it either. But at the moment, he's sitting there and it allows me to make the changes I've made to the rest of my team, which was uh, apparently my pre-Marsh series team. I had Petrarca in it. I didn't remember doing that. Um, if, honestly, have no memory of that. Uh, but it's allowed me to change him over to Dawson... Bring in, bring in McPherson, so I'm running four deep in the midfield in the forward line, and uh, the only other changes, boys, for me have been midfield tweaks because uh, Adam Trelaw has hurt his hamstring, so I've downgraded him. I've downgraded him all the way to James Warple again, but that won't last. Uh, but you know, I just got to pick a six midfielder and bang, bang, bang. I'm running three deep in defence, four deep in the forward line, six deep in the mids, and uh, well, one, one and a half in deep in the ruck. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe I need to look. I haven't looked into it more, but goodness, that's a, a scary proposition going in without Gorn. We I put a tweet up this afternoon asking for for questions, and one of those, or a couple of those, were around Max Gorn um, from Paul and from Ethan um, asking, "Can we consider not asking Gorn, uh, not starting Gorn?" Um, and they, you know, sort of, you know, we've had the AFL injury list updated finally for the first time since. Round 23 last year, Max Gorn's listed as one to three weeks, was it, Damo? No, he is listed as a test. 
as a test, sorry, as a test, which is, it should be right for round one based on that, the new Melbourne captain. I know we sort of briefly touched on it last week. He's still my R2 locked in. What, what do we think? Is Can we can we consider not starting him? Is it is it viable? Should we not start him? I'm not going to advise anyone not to start him, but we can bloody consider it. I'm considering it. Um, like we discussed uh, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, the set and forget right line has only been true for two years. Uh, prior to that, it's been a nightmare trying to set and forget. Uh, 2016, uh, Gorn played all 22 games, but 2017, 13, and 20... Uh, uh, was it 15? He missed a shitload of games as well. Um, he's just like... He's reliable, don't get me wrong. He's a reliable scorer. He plays a lot of games generally. But who's to say, set and forget, will continue this year? Sam Naismith might be this year's bloody Riley O'Brien. And just quickly, with Darcy Cameron buzzing around the Collingwood team, are we worried at all for Brody Grundy? Oh, God, I hadn't even thought about that. I'm not worried because Darcy Cameron's... uh, How do we say this? Not as good as Brody Grundy, um, and I think Brody Grundy will be not affected by Darcy Cameron because, like, um, what's that big American bastard's name? Mason, Mason Cox. Cox. Mason Cox doesn't affect Grundy, so why would Darcy Cameron? Yeah, um, I did. I did see Bucks come out and say that that Cameron's ruck work surprised them by how much better it was than they expected, and said there could be more of a split where where Grundy spends. You know, well, Cameron spends more time in the ruck than they initially planned. I think he pushes Mason Cox out of the side based on that performance. But honestly, they could play Brody Gundy as a midfielder if they wanted to, and he'd still score a bajillion points. Like, I don't see them flogging him at full forward. They play him maybe centre-half forward. They play him on a wing. Who knows? Like, I think Brody Gundy won't be impacted, and... Even even if he is impacted and loses five points a game, he's still the number one ruckman by a country mile, and I will fork out money for him because you're not going to. He's at seven hundred thousand dollars. Sam Naismith is never going to cross over that price point. You're never going to feasibly upgrade Naismith to Grundy. Maybe Gorn will drop. Gorn's historically dropped in the past, but Grunt, I I don't think there's an argument to not start Grundy as much as it's it's good to think about, and you know we'd love to lock Cameron away. I don't think it'll impact Brody Grundy. No, I agree. I think you got to lock Grundy away, but it's just a good discussion point. All right, so we, yeah, we had a bunch more questions. One I wanted to direct back to you, Damo, was from uh, Placey, good friend of the pod. Um, Luke Ryan, he liked what he saw over the weekend, wants to put him in at D2. Um, well, what do you think? You've now got him in at D2. Do you think he'll be a, a top six defender? Do you think he'll sort of make that leap and, you know, average 105 Plus, what, what, what do you see out of Luke Ryan this year? As has been pointed out to me, he's improved his average by about seven points every year since he made his debut, and he averaged 99 up until round 19 when he scored some horrible score, which brought his average down. So I think he is going to be a good option. Um, Alex Pierce looks like he could be back in time for round two or three, so we might get a slow-ish start, but I don't think they're planning on him playing a lockdown role because um, they've put players like Brendan Cox down back. So I think he's a good and safe selection. 
Luke Ryan, um, and thanks to D- at DTS098 on Twitter for this, has put together a list of all of the wing rotations, centre bounce attendances, and kick ins. Uh, Ryan took eight kick ins against the Blues, which uh, partly because we're very inaccurate, but also very good for super coach points. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he's a, an excellent. Um, selection, Josh, uh, while we're still on the Frio game, and I can't believe we've got this far into the podcast without you bringing him up, but Josh asked what the witness protection program is for if, was he, his word, uh, my word would be when, the Brayshaw breakout pick doesn't come off. Well, talk, you see, talk to me about Brayshaw from that game. Um, 94, so it got scaled up one point. I love it. Um, 94 points in 60% game time, 19 disposals. About half of those contested at 74% disposal efficiency. He looked good. I need to see him with all of the other bits and bobs in that midfield. Um, but I like it and hashtag Brayshaw Breakout. Hashtag Brayshaw Break My Team. We'll, uh, we'll wait and see another week on that. But, but uh, what, what is the, the witness protection program for when it doesn't come together? Well, you see... Um, um, I've been talking to some people from the from the federal police force, and um, they're happy to change my name and relocate me to Alice Springs, where I will run some sort of fast food restaurant. I initially thought fish and chips, but then you pointed out mm. it's about fifteen hundred mm. kilometers from the shoreline, and that's not good for fish and chips. No, no, definitely no prawns in the middle of the desert. Not a not a thing that I'd be overly keen to try you should change your name to dobe watson <laughs> yeah play play in the back line for for the alice springs cowboys football club whatever they've got in alice springs there's... whatever right, they've got in alice springs. anyway we've because... got the sidetrack but in the well i mean are you going to bring up the the good old uh wager we've had if so if I sing Breakout on the podcast and Brayshaw averages 90-plus up until the buys and he has to play at least 80% of the games up until that point, so he can't have played one game and then gotten injured for the rest of the year, um, if he averages 90-plus, there will be a podcast dedicated to Andrew Brayshaw. <laughs> God, I hope it doesn't happen. I still have to sing Breakout, don't I? Breakout. You do. Um, could, could I just... Uh, fantastic wager, and I can't wait to A, hear you sing, and B, C, Brayshaw fail. Um, hashtag Brayshaw break my team. Uh, just because we were talking about this game, we talked about a couple of plays in this game, the Frio and Carlton Blues games, so I just want some quick-fire thoughts on these following players, guys. Um, Blake Akers played predominantly, seemingly to me, on a wing, uh, scored 111 supercoach points from 31 disposals, probably for you, Damo, but how do you see him going this year as another mid-price forward option? He'll average between 85 and 95. And Brett Buley had 93 supercoach points from 19 disposals. Speak to me about that. He's been a high scorer in the VFL and the Waffle, and he needs it to translate to the highest level. And I think 
him actually having a role rather than just being put in a hole, then um, I think he could be a good option. To be honest, I don't think he averages much higher than 85. And this one's for you, Patch. Um, Sam Walsh tunned up 100 Supercoach points, was the best player for the Blues. What do you think of him? I like him. I probably won't... I, I can't jump at him just at this stage. Next year, he's very high on the radar. Um, excellent draft selection. And the final one, Jack Martin, who I've not been big on this preseason. 75 Supercoach points from just 45% game time. Uh, just the nine disposals, but five tackles and a goal. Not sure how he got the score he did, but was very effective and did get 75 from 45% game time. Where was, he, where was he playing? Was he playing sort of up the ground midfield? Was he playing small forward? Because it's weird not having Crips in the side or bets playing both with the, the State of Origin All-Stars game. Did, was there any indication as to what his role in that Carlton side might be? He only started at... Well, he was only playing 45% game time. He started at three centre bounces um, and was playing a lot of forward pressure time. Um, was one of our only sort of presences in that forward 50 when he was in there. So I think it's going to be a pretty even mix, uh, particularly at the start of the year with all of our forwards injured. But, I mean, he still produced a score. He did, and if he does it again, you can't really ignore it. Damo. In an attempt to get into your good books, Lech, uh, Cade Simpson on Sleeve Watch, he scored 85 in 66% game time. Oh, Damo, I'm glad you've brought this up. He uh, And he did it without sleeves, which is the remarkable thing. That's the miracle here. Um to be able to produce a score of 85 in, without sleeves is amazing. Uh, what's happened here, Damo, and I know we're going early on this, is exactly what I said would happen. That Doherty coming back into the team would increase Simo's scoring. And it's it's happened straight away. I mean, 85 is nothing to write home about, but... In 66 game time, that is good. Exactly. He's going to average 100 this year because Doherty's in the team. Doherty makes Kate Simpson better. His best year was during Doherty's best year. It's not a coincidence. He's back, baby. Rest in peace, Nick Newman. But um, does Tom, while, while we're still on that halfback sort of role of the Blues, Tom Williamson, cheap rookie, does the, the fact that the two of them are the, the, the dangerous duos back together, does that mean Williamson won't play? Uh, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I think they want him to play um, this year. He's talented, but he's always just got that chronic back issue. Always going to be a problem for him. Uh, currently in in my defence, but uh, I just worry that about his durability. But if he's named around one, I think you pick him. Tom DeConig also plays, but he'd not be one I'd be looking to select. I want to quickly go back to Cade Simpson. Um, so in 2015, he averaged 92. In 2016, he, aver- he averaged 106. In 2017, he averaged 93. In 2018, he averaged 105. In 2019, he averaged 81. I don't know, maybe in 2020 he averages 100 again? He will, because Sam Doherty's back. It's it's science. It's very simple. It's like the Sam Naismith pick. It's science. Uh, it's like Luke Parker just swings and roundabouts. The yo-yo it's, theory. It's very simple, people. The tide comes in, the tide goes out. It's been scientifically proven. Um, my only issue with uh, picking Cade Simpson is that while he's a sleeve wearer and he's 806 years old, 
Um, he's like, in the scheme of things, not that cheap. 442k. He's more expensive than Sam Doherty. Not by much, though. You're right. Start them both. Let's move, <laughs> move on. on. Move on. So, um, Tim Taranto's done his shoulder at the Giants um, in yet again another GWS preseason injury. Remarkably, not Josh Kelly, or yet, touch wood. Um, Zach do... Williams also in an, under an injury cloud for round one. Exactly. Zach Williams also under an injury cloud. Um, does that give Tom Green a run? Oh, does that mean I bloody Ganigliog? So. Does that mean Ganigliog doesn't get stuck forward like they said he would be? What What happens to the Giants? Does Jackson Hately get a run? He did very well on the weekend um, after Toronto went down early. What's the, what What happens at the Giants? I think there's two big names that get scoring increases from this. One is Stephen Ganigliog because. They did say he'd be playing forward and midfield 50-50. That was before Taranto went down. And we've just had this question come through as well about this person. Jacob Hopper, another one that'll increase in score from this, I predict. Uh, Average 90.7 last year. Um, And was very good uh, on the weekend. Mm, Uh, Hopper had 116 points, had the 28 touches. Nine of them contested, had had four tackles in there as well. Um, the, my concern about Hopper is that you know starts at five twenty k, thirty k more you can get Tim Kelly, and if Hopper plays well for half the season, and then Toronto comes back and steals some of those mid minutes, you know pushes him into a different role, changes things up so that he goes back to sort of averaging ninety. Mm, um, is that what you want? No, like well, that's just... that's the issue with picking him. You, it's not a long term pick, and you wouldn't pick him as a short term pick. But I think his scoring will increase because of it. Yeah, but do you, Damo, do you think Green or Haightley have the chance to step up into that role? I really want Green to be the one that steps into that role because he was really good. He didn't look like stepping up to the level phased him at all. 15 contested possessions and two goals just showed that he can spend time forward if he needs to, um, set up two, two other goals. He just got his hands on it and... Didn't look phased at all. Big unit. Super catch points. Huge um, unit. Bit, very big unit. Speaking of big units, Will Gould um, should be a lot for round one, you'd think? I think so. I think so as well. Um, I watched that the, game. He was good. Had 68 points. What you want from a $117,000-y-do rookie? Just lock it in. Um, so we had a bunch of questions. Um, Sparkle Narkle. Uh, can we put him at M5? Yes or no? Uh, no. No. <laughs> I, yes, I agreed. Yeah, I don't think you can chuck him in there. We'll get increased points, more points, mid-only, not interested for Narkle. I just um, don't think this is the year to go a mid-price midfielder. I think the forward line and the defence is where you're going to take those punts. I don't think the midfield has the quality required. No, and as, as we spoke about last week, yeah, you've got that, that top... 10 pretty much set you know there'll only be one or two dropping out of that you're not going to get someone like a Quinton Narkle doing what Clayton Oliver did and leaping into the top 10 from 300k they Just, also I'm were not... missing a million players against the Suns they were although Narkle did play very well at the back oh, end of did. last year when they still still had that full side so we can do it in a full team excellent draft selection but <laughs> did I'm you pick him in our draft no I didn't he got someone beat me to him um 
that was, yeah, most of the questions that came in. Dan Houston, very briefly, is he a must-have? Can we skip him? Sort of touches on the Sam Doherty debate um, from old old mate Dan. Flick that in. Dan Houston's an interesting one for me. I, I don't have him in my team. Is he going to provide enough value? Like, in his game, everything lined up, everything, the stars aligned, he had the perfect role, he had the perfect game, and he still scored, what, 97 Supercoach points? I'd rather Caleb Daniel and Rory Laird, and I know they're more expensive by 50 and 40k. I know what I'm going to get for them. There's no question marks for me. I still have some question marks over at Houston. I'm happy to watch him again this week. Would um, you take Doherty over him? I currently have Doherty over him, but that's purely a I've seen Doherty do it before pick. My He's also Dano. 50k cheaper. My only Dano. issue with Houston is um, in a preseason game, he just looked very rusty, let's call it. Um, and, I mean, it's a positive that he did score 97, but when the real thing starts, we all know that um, in preseason, no one really goes hell for leather unless they're fighting for a place in the team. And to be honest, he just seemed overawed by being in the midfield against the likes of the Brisbane midfield. So I can't imagine him against a stronger midfield, even though the Brisbane midfield is one of the strongest in the competition. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'll be watching him again, not in my side at the moment, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how he goes. Certainly not the lock that he was touted as sort of a month or two ago at this stage. And then the last question that had, uh, the last question that came in rather, Tom Duday, what do we do? Luck to miss round one. We don't, we don't start him, do we? No, no, we don't start him. I don't think he's, I think you go with Robert and if you've got someone in that price range. Yeah, agreed. I, can um, I just clarify before we get all the hate? I really want Houston to be good this year, and I really want him to be a successful super coach pick. I just need to see it again before I can comment. Just because I know we're going to get hate from those South Australians. Ah, oh, but what don't South Australians hate, really? Naming food correctly. Like, mm. are they are they a potato scallop people, or are they potato fritter people? They're potato fritter people, which is just... Weirdos. Weirdos. They also don't order fritter. their football teams in the right order like they have forwards at the top not at the bottom which Fritter? i know damo you guys do as well but it's it's, it's a weird place what it's a weird what you, time zone what, what are you talking about what, what, a fritter a, it's called yeah, it's a potato it's a it, it's a potato scallop <laughs> oh no oh, get this it. western australian off this fucking podcast god damn it <laughs> but i mean brace your breakouts Hard enough to take Damo, and now you're coming here talking about the scallops? Potato cake Please. gate. Please. Anyway, we need to move on. Um, we're going to very briefly talk about some of the the noteworthy things out of each game very, very quickly because, again, we're running out of time because we always do. Um, Essendon and West Coast, there were yet again more mid-price forward options. Um, Devin Smith had his first run in a year, scored 87 from 83% game time, didn't start anywhere near the midfield, before getting a run in the second half through there, attended some centre bounces, had 20 touches, kicked a goal, looked all right. $335,000 dues, what do we reckon? Is, is he a chance to start in either of your sides? Is he someone you'd consider? He's, Have you sworn off him? He's been oh, he's punted in, he's from in my, my team, mate. <laughs> he's been punted from mine. Yeah, well, you don't have anyone in your forward line. True. Um, 
but yeah, what, just... what did you think of, of Dev Damo? Well, he only moved into the midfield in the second half, and they've got people to come back into that midfield. So where's he going to go? Nowhere. He's going to go back to the forward line and score 30 in a full game, and people are going to be sad. I don't agree. I think they were just giving him a run in the first half. He only attended one centre bounce in the first half. He attended eight in the second half and six in the fourth quarter. I think he was just rolling the legs over. I think I think he's going to be part of that midfield. And also, even if he's only in there half the time, he still doesn't need to do that much to provide value and be in the talks for one of those upper echelon forward line players come the end of the year. Because... Of all these 500 mid-prices we've got, they're not all going to work, And I, but I think he's going to be one that does work. And I think the, the real attractive thing from about Dev Smith in my mind is the same thing that made him so good two years ago is the tackle numbers. Sure, he won't, he probably won't break that tackle record again, but the fact that he, you know, he can still have 10 touches and get eight tackles, and that's you know roughly 40-odd points from tackles alone. That's massive. I, I need to see him again. I agree. I'd... I'd think he was just running the legs over in the first half, but, you know, need to see him in action again to, to confirm. Um, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll find out. Will Snelling ran up the ground as well, scored 119. I'm not convinced he'll do it again, but Darcy Parrish at 465k mid-forward, scored 115, had 29 touches, four tackles, one goal, one, 13 contested possessions, who scored that 115 while going at 58% disposal efficiency. Are either of you interested in Parrish? I'm not. No, I'm not either. For the same reason Damos gave for Devin Smith. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I, I'm intrigued by him, but just that price point is slightly too much when you've got Devin Smith and a few other cheaper ones around. Just thought I'd, I'd make I note th- of him. Josh J. Kennedy. Oh, sorry, Damo. I think we need to, just before you get into Josh Kennedy, uh, I think we need to just remind people or celebrate the fact that Bailey Williams got dual position right before the game on Thursday night where he got given ruck slash defender status. So we He's now back. have a potential... So we now have a potentially playing R3, which if you do have Gorn and Bailey Williams is named for round one, then you have cover and you know you'll have cover. Yeah, it does change seen, things. We haven't seen a defense ruck swing since. Was Mark Blissav's defense ruck or was he mid ruck? Oh, mate, he was. Every, he, he, I think he had about six positions at one stage. It's most versatile player in the AFL, but. Having a, Did you know he used to do not, um, not like common. hurdles and shit? Steeplechasing it was. Yeah. Olympic, Commonwealth, he was very good at it at any rate. Um, also very good at football. Um, good but at yes, football. Bailey Williams, if he gets named round one, lock him in. Looked quite good, looked versatile, up forward. Um, hopefully if he plays, it pushes Jared Brander up the field onto a wing because he played forward and did stuff all and I'm kind of worried about him if he doesn't come up in their next start. But Josh J. Kennedy kicked six goals, apparently had the best preseason he's had in years, according to everyone except him. 300k forward line, you don't do it, do you? Oh, I'm tempted. He's a Bruin <laughs> manoeuvre candidate for sure. Talk For those that haven't been around Supercatch for a while, those that are starting out, talk us, or, or those that have, it's been so long since we've had a viable one that people may have forgotten, talk us through the Bruin manoeuvre demo. 
Well, you bring in a player who's going to average a higher amount against the opposition that they play. So, for example, when Josh Kennedy scores 800 points against Melbourne in round one, uh, you can then wait until he has rised in price completely, and then you can move him on for a player who has had a slow start. So if you're looking at at hopefully Josh A. Kennedy, if he averages 120 in his first four weeks and then, or first six weeks and then rises in price 100k and then Isaac Heaney say has dropped 100k as a random you know random uh, primo you, you then make the straight swap across there and he's just like a really quick cash cow is the, the reasoning there is it exactly also correct. you tend to you tend when you're doing the brewing maneuver you're jumping off a player that people are jumping on and jumping onto a player that people are jumping off to uh, really get that that double climb yeah, anyway, there just, were other players stocks, in this game. Stocks. Stocks. Oh, there were other players. Stocks. Tim Kelly, 100 super coach points, 27 disposals. Good. Looked good. God, I like him. the legs over. He wasn't even trying. 100 points. No. God, I love him. Uh, yeah, I, I've got him picked. People would, might have been turned off by that game, but he's just, he's just good at football, good at super coach. Was Shannon Hearn, level. 95 mm. super coach points, 21 disposals. Seven marks, and I'm going to pull up his kick-ins while you say something. Yeah, he started very slowly, but then, again, that old man symptom of, of pre-season where they've done it a million times before. It's his 316th pre-season. He knows exactly what he needs to do to get his body right, and he did it, and in the second half, he's like, I should probably get some kicks now. So he took some intercept marks, did the Shannon Hearn thing. Will do basically what he did last year based Seven on performance. Seven Seven kick-ins on the weekend. I think that's equal first with Callum Wilkie and Jasper Pittard. There you go. Uh, was anyone else from that game that stood out to anyone there? Um, look, there's we could spend time on the minutiae of the game, but Jared Brander played. He had 46 super coach points, uh, 11 disposals, sort of on a wing at times and sort of didn't like very super forward. sell me. Um, no, and, very forward. And Essendon played um, Nigel Lockyer, who is training with them as a top-up player. Um, he scored 42 in 69% game time, which is a pretty good return. Uh, so watch out to see if he gets a list spot. Branda rotated through that wing spot 22 times in the game, but did stuff all with it. That's my concern. There you go. Would not have known that watching the game. He looked like he was starting forward and found his way up the ground and didn't do anything when he got there, um, which wasn't ideal. Moving on to the Sydney GWS game. Obviously, we've spoken about um, Toronto and what impact that will have. Um, Jordan Dawson, on the other side for Sydney, played off the, the halfback flank. Hard to tell without Jake Lloyd in the side what that'll mean, but scored 125 from 19 touches. Looked good, and that's why we love him during the preseason. The Phantoms no Lloyd, layer is no all Mills. over him. No Lloyd, Sorry, no, no Lloyd, no Mills. Yep, that's a good point. That is a mm. very good point. Just need to see him again, like but very high on the watch list. That's exactly the boxes you wanted him to tick. Um, Honestly, we pretty much that. covered everyone from this game. Um, there are a few rookies we need to keep an eye out on. For next week in the midfield, um, Chad but... Warner had negative two super coach points, so <laughs> he's he's not on my watch list super strongly at the moment. Who was the other one? Mac- McInerney, Justin McInerney. 
uh, 123k in the midfield, ah, uh, in the back line rather, uh, rotating defence, scored 80 somehow with 19 touches, 81 to watch, another backline rookie, um, we'll see, but I think we covered the rest of that, we've covered Frio and Carlton Collingwood and Richmond played in Wangaratta, um, Darcy Cameron we've spoken about, select dog, Jack Crisp. <laughs> Don't do it to yourself community, I did it last year, I rode that train and he hurt me. As much as he gave me joy. Um, looked really good. Uh, is this year he breaks out? I'm not going to find out. No. No, I'm not. I'm not going there. I watched you struggle in agony each and every week last year. Maybe he'll improve. I hope for everyone's sake he does, but I won't jump on that bandwagon at 480k when you've got Dan Houston, Sam Doherty floating around at that price and a little bit more. You've got the likes of Sicily and Laird and, and Daniel and all of that. Um Marlon Pickett, 61 over the weekend demo. You lock it in, don't you? I think so. And I just want to just say, people who are jumping off him because he only scored 61, um, just remember he was probably the second most experienced midfielder in that side on the weekend. And he's still got 61 points. And he's going to be best 22. So he's got good job security. Just pick him. You don't need him to score 100 points every week. That's not why you're picking him, although it would be nice. If 60 is his floor, we will take an average of you know 65 or 70. Like, that's what you get from rookies. He's not a number one draft pick. He's Like, he's a good footballer, an excellent footballer, but, you know, people are expecting a 95 average uh, are kind of deluding themselves. Jaden Short was Jack Crisp in the other colours um, off the halfback flank. He's uh, 350k in the back line. Any interest there whatsoever, Damo? Nope. Nope. Good. I Lovely. like him. Excellent draft selection. Not going near him in the real deal. Just too many other options back there. Um, and I think that was about it from that game. Trent Bianco had a very, very brief run. Probably won't get a start round one. John Noble scored 79 despite being 200k in the back line. Maybe. We talked about it before. Adam Trelaw did his hammy. but So I think Taylor Adams' score is boosted a bit. He had 112 on the weekend. But once again, probably not super coach. Uh, classic relevant to those listening. Chris Mayne had a 19 lock him in. Oh, he's in my but, team. But my God, do I want to. Um, gentlemen, was there anything else we wanted to discuss on this week's podcast? We've gone massively over oh, time. Even if there is, we don't have time to talk about it. We don't. Well, final thoughts then, Damo. What, right, crystal, crystal ball, what do you think is going to happen from the next week of games? I think we're going to see a good chunk of what best 22s will look like, and we will get a good idea of what rookies are available and their scoring projections. Um, but I'm not give us liking. One, give us one. Give us one spicy hot take about who's suddenly going to find themselves in every single team. I think Trent Rivers is going to find themselves on everyone. Is going to find himself on everyone's midfield or defense bench. I like it. Let dog give me a give me a, a stupid, ridiculous, wacky prediction for this weekend. I don't think it's stupid and ridiculous, but I think uh, Tim Kelly pumps out a 130 against Melbourne and we have to have some serious discussions. Uh, Doesn't Tim Kelly play Fremantle? Don't whisk... Oh, I'm looking at the round one. (laughs) I'm looking at the round one. Well, same thing. 
But yes, the point is still valid. It doesn't matter who he's playing. He's scoring 130. Yeah. I'm going to predict uh, Lipinski from the Doggies scoring 160 out of the blue and then suddenly everyone gets confused about if they should pick him or not. It'll be a one-off, but I think it'll just kind of confuse people. That'll do us, community. Thanks to everyone who's contributing to the website. Make sure you head over there and comment on all your favourite content. If you're listening to this on iTunes, feel free to go and give us a rating. It helps us be seen by more people. It helps more people find you and find the website, which is always good. Damo, thank you for being here, you beautiful human. It's all right. Hopefully it's a good season ahead for all of us. God, I hope so. If you learn to call them Tatey Cakes, then it will be. Boom, got him. Roasted by the Vicks. Up the Vicks. Love you, Patchy. Love you, Lex. Bye, community. Bye.